Hi there. Welcome to the Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm Karen. I'm so glad you joined me today. Uh, I hope today is a day of awakening, blessings, and peace for you. And if it's not, then perhaps today's podcast might help you identify what's going on or what's the good, what's the bad, and maybe how to take a look at it from a different perspective. Because today we want our spiritual drink to be unlike that of James Bond's favorite drink. Instead of being shaken, we want it to be stirred. You can find all of my information that you might need to know on womaninspired.com. That's my website. You can also find me on Instagram at one, that's the number one, woman inspired. Just search for that and you'll see me on there. I'd love it if you'd follow me on there and also if you would share this podcast. So I start out every podcast with a quote, what I call a pod quote. So before we get into the nitty gritty of today's podcast titled, stirred, not shaken. Here it goes. Ready? Faith is not believing in my own unshakable belief. Faith is believing in an unshakable God when everything inside me is trembling. And that is a quote from Beth Moore. I'm going to say it again for you. Faith is not believing in my own unshakable belief. Faith is believing in an unshakable God when everything inside me is trembling. To remove, to not to remove, strike that. Let me start over. (laughs) Hopefully it's not going to be one of those days, but I'm just real. Here I am. This is me. So I might say things a little bit backwards. So if you could listen in reverse, that would be great. (laughs) Let me try it again. To move, to arouse or evoke strong feelings, or to cause one to move slightly or to change positions. That's the definition of stirred. To move, to arouse or evoke strong feelings, or to cause one to move slightly or to change positions. Shaken means to move irregularly to and fro, to tremble, to be visibly disturbed and unstable. So those are the topics of today's podcast. Stirred, not shaken. And oh, don't we love the James Bond movies? Uh, Most of them. My favorites are, of course, the older ones. I love the classics and don't tell anyone else, but Sean Connery is my favorite. Sorry, Roger Moore fans, but that's just the facts. Although Pierce Brosnan played a nice James Bond, I could just sit and listen to Sean Connery read the warranty papers for my car to me (laughs) and I'd be happy because I love his voice, which really doesn't have anything to do with James Bond, but I love that voice. But there is a voice I don't like, so that's a good segue for me, the voice in my head. That sets off a series of what I would like to call, unfortunately, shakable moments. Do you know what I mean? It's that voice that speaks to me and the one inside of you maybe that also is saying things to you like, Hey, what are you doing? You're not good enough for that. Why are you even trying? Or you don't look right. You're not pretty enough. You're not smart enough or funny enough. It's that voice, those words. Okay, so transparency here. They sometimes shake me. Not as much as they used to when I was younger and not as much as they used to a year ago and two years ago and and five years ago. But of course, that's the voice that gets whispered in my ear um, that says things like, don't believe. See, you can't trust God. You'll never get what you want. Or things like, he could have helped you, but he didn't. Nobody loves you. Nobody wants you. Karen, nobody cares about you. Or sometimes it's the give it up. You know, you're a failure. 
you'll never have a day when you feel good again. Or your health is only going to get worse, so why go on? What's the point? What is the point in all this pain and stress every day? Who cares? Live whatever hell the way you want. I don't care anymore. Just say the heck with it and live like you don't care. Because God doesn't doesn't owe you anything and he's not going to give you anything. You can be your own refuge. Take control. You got this. You don't need anyone else. You, you totally got this. Those are the, the things. And those are the thoughts. Those are the voices in my head that come. Sometimes from the whisper of the enemy. Sometimes from other people. Not so well-meaning people. Trying to tell me what they think I should do. Because they want me to be as miserable as they are. And sometimes my own doubts the own head my own head traffic my own voice in my head that is throwing things at me that I hear now if you heard all of those things and and you said oh that's not so bad then play pay 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 close attention as I say this to you all those things are bad maybe they sound too familiar to you so they don't sound so bad to you but they are and they're all rooted in lies and I shouldn't believe them you shouldn't believe them. Those words, they do. They shake me up at times. They try to unroot my deep faith and try to shake me off the foundation of faith I have in Jesus Christ. In the times when I've had a failure or made a mistake or I didn't complete something I wanted to complete, that voice of untruth and evil can be really loud. It tries to knock me off my foundation. I have to shake off the shakiness to remind myself that one failed attempt, one idea, one goal not fulfilled the way I wanted is... It just does not make me a failure. But my mind, my fragile human psyche, just like yours, and Satan can tell me otherwise. What I believe is up to me, though. It's a choice. Can I take control? Can I say, screw it, world. I'm going to prove to you who I am. Even if I don't know why I'm doing what I'm doing in the moment. Yeah, I can. Because, frankly, when you get to a point that you're trying to prove something to everyone else, then you aren't being about what you're supposed to be about though. You're being about yourself and pleasing the world and proving to the world how great you think you are or can be or about it's about it comes about proving to them that they're wrong and you're right. It's not about pleasing God anymore. But I can do the heck with them. I can do it myself and show them thing. Nonetheless, no matter all those things I just said, I could still do it. Will the outcome make things better? No, it won't. Anything outside of what God calls you to do and gives you strength to do ends up feeling empty one way or another, one day or another. Saying I got this is a great self-motivator. Let me let me just put that right out there. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with motivating yourself. It's good self-talk and yeah, it can work. After all, you're gifted. I'm gifted. I don't know what you're gifted at unless I know you very well, but I'm gifted as well. We're all talented in some way or another. That's the way God made us. We all have a purpose and a calling. And God has given us the means to do what it is he calls us to. And if he hasn't given you the means yet, trust me, he will. He will be faithful to get you through whatever it is he's calling you to do. So yes, you can shout, I got this. And let it pump you up to a place of determination. That's not a bad thing. But make sure that whatever this is that you're saying you've got, that it's what you're going about getting, whatever this thing is you're going about getting, that it's what God has truly called you to. Otherwise, you're just making a decision out of being shook. 
you're shaking. You're shaking in your skin. You're trembling at the thought of failure if you don't, or ridicule, or embarrassment if you do the thing you're supposed to do, so you're going to take the easy way out. Or, or maybe you're trembling and afraid of not being good enough, accomplishing enough, or making enough money, or looking good enough. Or maybe you're just believing the lie that you're simply not enough. And so you're making these decisions out of being afraid. Have you ever been there? Making a choice out of fear? Trembling inside, literally. Afraid to stay the course or complete the race on the path that's marked out for you. So you choose the path that seems plausible. It's more plausible, right? It's easier or one that looks better. So you can look better to other people. Or maybe you just choose nothing at all. Because you're sitting and shaking. You're quaking inside and trembling for fear because you're afraid to move forward and you're afraid to go back. That, my friends, is being shaken. But the Bible has something to say about that. Psalm 62, 1 through 2 says, Truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from Him. Truly He is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And when you're in him, it is very difficult to be shaken. Psalm 16, 8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. You know, I recently saw a preacher on a video who was preaching what you might call an old-fashioned hellfire and brimstone sermon. He was shouting, jumping all over the stage, rocking the pulpit back and forth. And he was blinking his eyes so rapidly. I mean, it was like he was on a Harley going 100 miles per hour without goggles or glasses on. I mean, I, I kept thinking, is, is he going to get a bug in his eye? What's going on with him? It's almost like I could see a sidecar next to him on the stage with a dog hanging out, panting. <laughs> But it, it wasn't. It was really just him up there behind this pulpit in his own little world, all worked up, all fired up. And what was coming out of him was clearly designed to shake someone up. No doubts about it. He was using his authority as a preacher to, as he put it, shake and quake the very souls of the people in the pews till they submit to the authority of the Heavenly Father. He was determined to shake you to your very core I think the sermon was actually called Shake and Wake. He wanted to make sure every person in those seats in front of him and everybody out on a couch somewhere watching him was shaken. But here's the thing. God doesn't call us to be shaken, does he? I mean, you put in the comments to correct me if I'm wrong. He calls us to be stirred. Yes, I believe it's stirred, not shaken. What does stirred mean again? I said it a little bit ago. To move, to arouse, or evoke strong feelings, or to cause one to move slightly, or to change positions. If a sermon, a message, a song, a podcast even is meant to change hearts, or, or make someone see things from a different perspective, or have a change of heart by arousing strong feelings inside them, then shaking someone to their core with fear is not the way to do it. Inciting fear is not the same as stirring hearts and souls. Pushing someone to decide to follow Jesus out of the fear of hellfire and brimstone, as real as those things are, is not the same as stirring souls to be open to the presence and conviction of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. It's not that we don't need to know about the hellfire and brimstone. It's not that that's not a reality. It is. But we are not to be shaken. We are to be stirred. Stirring the soul, the mind, the heart, those things can include 
yelling, shouting, being impassioned, um, and being passionate and soulful, stomping your feet and shouting out of exuberance or maybe even out of frustration up from a pulpit. It definitely can happen. But doing anything to try to make someone afraid enough, shook up enough, shaken enough to seek God is not the business of Christians. It's not what the Great Commission is. Maybe the business of God, but that's his choice. It's his business. It's his hand on us if he needs to come down and shake us or smack us in the side of the head for some reason. And, you know, that's that's God's doing, not ours. That's his choice. Again, it's a different thing because we're called to love others, to be the light in the darkness, not the person in the dark waiting to jump out and say boo to try to scare you into doing the right thing. So when I think about things that stir me, move me and arouse me and, and wake up a desire in me to change my position or change my mind, it almost always comes down to some written, spoken or sung word that has hit me smack dab where I live and breathe. And sometimes it's just the very presence of the Spirit of God around me, whether it's in nature or in the quiet of a still night in a touching word from someone that I love or the actions of, of something I, I witness that surprises me or even in the solitude of my living room as I sit with, with my Bible in my lap, just talking to God or, or just listening. Those are the soul-stirring moments that cause a change in me or a renewal with inside me. And, and I can't help but think that even though I'm different, <laughs> I'm not that much different than everybody else not sure about you, but when someone screams and yells something at me and tries to shake me or wake me up to something they think I should know, that very human side of me typically shuts down. My automatic reaction is defense mode. I'd rather put up a wall and block someone out like that than hear anything droning on and on in my ear or shrieking at me and being hurled my way. But someone purposefully trying to shake you can also come in other forms. Let's be clear about this. It doesn't have to be someone up screaming and yelling at you. Because someone trying to shake you instead of stir you can come in forms like harassment. It might be subtle or it might be in your face. It might be small blips of manipulative, intimidating words that they're throwing at you or whispering to you or saying to you. So you'll do something they want you to do. There are many ways that other people can try to shake you up out of selfishness, possessiveness, and sometimes just plain evil. Some people enjoy shaking others and breaking them down. True slick manipulators of this world know how to berate and shake another person till that person submits to them. After all, if they break you down till you believe all those lies about yourself and about life and about God, then they can swoop in and be your hero. They can make it to where you think they're the only one that you can depend on and they're the only one that can help you. And then you become theirs. But what you probably need to remember is that they don't know what I know. They don't know what hopefully you know. That Jesus is smarter, stronger, and faster than they are. (laughs) I think I just made Jesus sound like the six million dollar man, but hey, and if you don't know who that is, just look it up. (laughs) But Jesus is more powerful. No one else owns you. No other thing owns you. You belong to the Lord. Whether you identify with it right now or not, you do. 
And I hope one day that you will identify and you will understand that you belong to our Heavenly Father. You belong to Lord Jesus Christ. And the power of the Holy Spirit is yours and can be yours. Psalm 55:22 says, Cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Staying in the Lord, in his word, in fellowship with others who love you and help you through those times that you do feel shaken helps you stay on the righteous walk on the path God calls you to. And that, and in that, the Lord will sustain you and you can cast your cares on him. You know, there was a time I didn't know all of this. I I used to have such bad fear and anxiety that I have panic attacks. I know what being shaken feels like. The trembling, the cold sweats, the inability to close my eyes and rest. Chest pains, tears that, that just pour out of you and then stop all of a sudden. Or the tears that won't come until you just sit on the side of your bed and rock yourself back and forth. I know what that feels like. If you've been there or you're there now, you may feel alone, but I'm here to tell you that you're not. Are you at a place where you get that deep, cold feeling inside into the very middle of your body and yet you feel like your face is on fire and a fear grips you in a way that you know is not of yourself, but you don't know how to stop it and you don't know how to keep it from happening again? I've been there. I've had those times and they used to come often. Those fears used to fuel um, my obsessive compulsive disorder. I felt so emotionally and mentally out of control during those attacks. I could wake up straight up in the middle of the night with, with one of these attacks or have one in the middle of the day, especially if I didn't keep myself busy. One day I heard a sermon about, about why we should be praying about everything and how to do that. And the pastor talked about how you can literally pray about anything and seek an answer from God. I thought it was a bit crazy at the time, but he said that when he misplaced things like his car keys or his wallet, he'd stop and pray and ask for God to show him where he left them. And he would. And and God showed him. So most of the time he'd find them immediately. Now, not long after that, even though I thought he was crazy, I had misplaced my keys. And after looking all over, I was I was starting to get panicky. And then I stopped and I thought, okay, wait a minute. Maybe he's crazy, but what the heck? What do I have to lose? I'll pray. So I took a deep breath and I said, God, this might sound crazy, but I need you to please help me find my keys. Show me where they are. And no sooner had I gotten those words out of my mouth, it's like I could see right in my mind where they were. And ta-da, yep, folks, they were there. Now, if I'm already super worked up and I'm already to a panic mode over something, I might have too much head traffic and noise going on. Uh, for this to work and I because I block out God and everything once I get to a panic state that's why seeking God as soon as I feel like I'm getting panicky is really important and again praise God that hardly ever happens anymore I can't tell you the last time I had a panic attack and that doesn't mean I'm saying this and and one won't come on but um, I've learned how to seek him and how to identify when I'm letting my brain or things and voices whisper in my ear and Satan attack me when I need to armor up, when I need to seek God in the middle of it. So I've tried to make this seeking God for even the smallest of things a habit ever since then because it works. Many times I've I've really misplaced things or couldn't think clearly when I was trying to complete a task. So I've asked God to show me what to do or where to find something a bit of info or a special piece of something I need for a project. And it works because God works on our behalf, even in the little things. So one time when I could feel the beginnings of a panic attack coming on, 
I realized that while I had prayed many times, more times than I could ever count, for God to calm me down, to take away the panic attack and help me to feel better, you know, for him to put his hand on me and stop the trembling, to stop the shaking and the racing thoughts and that anxiety, I had never, ever asked him to take away the fear. (laughs) Why, I don't know. But I think, you know, I've thought about it a lot, and I think I had this idea in my head that, A, I deserved the fear because uh, I'm a sinner and because I didn't feel good about myself and because I felt like no matter what I did, I did something wrong. And B, the fear was my own fault. They were my thoughts, so they were my own doing, so I should be the one to try to get rid of it. But I didn't know then what I know now, that fear is a lie. And fear is not of me. It is not of you. It is an external force that plants internal seeds. So let me say that again. Fear is a lie. It's not of you. It's not of me. It's an external force that plants internal seeds that grow into things like anxiety, panic attacks, stress, breakdowns. And those fears can even cause health issues over time. Look what it does to your body when you have anxiety or when you have a panic attack. Your heart rate goes up. Your blood pressure goes up. Your chest might hurt. Your digestive tract is affected when you have these kind of attacks. When you're truly trembling from this irrational panic-inducing fear, it's an attack in the flesh, from the flesh of your brain to the very tissues and bones in your body. So I dropped to my knees and I prayed. I prayed for God to take away my fear. All fear that wasn't wholly driven, awe-inspiring, divine fear, that is. So I prayed for him to just rip it right out of me and show me how not to let it back into my life. And he did. God showed me how to stay in continual prayer daily. To seek him, especially when lies tried to take me down the road of fear again. He showed me how to obsess on him and his word instead of on fears. He showed me how to not believe the lies and to challenge them where once I was afraid of so, so much, those fears went away. They're gone. This was almost 20 years ago. The OCD that just riddled and controlled 95% of my life, it now only makes up about 5% of my life. I share this with you to let you know that you are not alone, whether it's a temporary fear that is passing as you pass through a difficult time in life or you have to face a situation you thought you'd never have to face or maybe it's a fear that has shaken you to the core and kept you shook for a long time. God is the answer and fear like that is a lie. There is a song that I like a whole, whole lot (laughs) that is recent, um, recently come out. It's by... I know I'm going to forget this. Um, Josh Baldwin. I almost said Alec Baldwin, but that's not even close to the truth. Um, It's Josh Baldwin. It's called Stand in Your Love. I'm going to read the lyrics, and I'm just going to let you know that it won't sound nearly as good as listening to the song itself. But hey, (laughs) you'll get my point, and then maybe you'll hop on out and find the song when you're done listening to this podcast. And just let that song envelop you and and take you to a place you need to go. So I'm, I'm not going to read all of the lyrics, but just kind of the highlight of it. When darkness tries to roll over my bones, when sorrow comes to steal the joy I own, when brokenness and pain is all I know, oh, I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. Because my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. 
Oh, shame no longer has a place to hide, and I am not a captive to the lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. No, I won't be shaken. And there's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. There's power in your name. So I just want to encourage you today that if you've been shaken, if you've let the devil whisper lies to you and you've believed them, God can show you the truth. Whether it's through a song like the one I just read the lyrics to, um, whether it's going straight to the word or praying with somebody, um, he will show you the light. He will show you the light of truth and he can shine it on your life and dispel those fears. The power of God's word, his love, worship, music, all those things can stir you, move your heart and spirit into the right direction. And that's my prayer for you. I pray that you choose to be stirred, my friends, and not shaken.